What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Final Pick Podcast. I am your host, Zachary, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host to the side of me. What's up, guys? It's Ben. And we had some breaking news today in the NBA world. Utah Jazz guard Donovan Mitchell has been traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers for a package that involves a Colin Sexton Simon trade, got four-year $72 million, Laurie Markkinen, Achia Baji, and three unprotected first-round picks, including two pick swaps. That's one heck of a trade, if I had to say. Uh, we were just kind of talking about this a little bit before. I don't think it's a terrible return for the Jazz. You kind of think a little bit differently. What do you think overall about the trade? I think it all depends on Agbaji. Let's be completely honest. Agbaji has upside. We both agreed on this uh, pre-draft. He's got he's got upside, no doubt. But if if let's just say he becomes a role player, you basically traded Donovan Mitchell for Sexton, who's coming off a torn ACL, his first serious injury. Not only that, you're paying him eighteen million dollars for the next four years, equaling seventy-two million dollars. And then you're getting marketing, which let's be honest, he was in the trade because it would uh, it would match the salary cap. So it's basically if Agbaji bust, they basically traded Donovan Mitchell, an all-star for the last three years for three first round picks, which are question marks. And they're, for, they're all the Cavaliers picks, correct? Uh, I believe so, yeah. And they're a good team now. They're a very good team that's going to be in the playoffs every year, most likely. Uh, I just didn't see the point. I feel like if you're going to trade Donovan Mitchell, you'd want a surefire piece for the future. Uh, Agbaji could be that, but it's complete. It's it's complete risk. I don't understand why they wouldn't just trade for somebody that's a surefire. Yeah, and I just want to bring this up because I didn't want to interrupt you. But Woj just tweeted at the beginning of July. Yeah, I guess it's pre Gobert trade when mm-hmm. the Jazz started talking with New York Knicks. Because I was there, I thought he was going to New York. Right? Everyone thought I never did. I personally believed he did. He was did. going to, but. The Jazz declined the trade offer of R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, and three unprotected picks. I don't believe that. I mean, I don't believe Walsh, that. Too. I don't care. Walsh I don't believe it. Who, who I think has uh, a lot of credibility to his name, but we did hear that uh, about a week ago, I believe on Monday, the Utah Jazz declined the trade offer of R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and two first round picks. They basically said we want an extra first round pick and some big swaps. The Knicks weren't willing to do that, so they signed RJ to that extension, and this led to this trade today. But personally, I mean, Sexton, it depends how he comes back from his injury, right? Con Sexton was a good player uh, before injury. He was averaging, I want to say he averaged like 24 points per game uh, his last healthy season with the Cavaliers, which is pretty damn good. And then you go ahead, you add Baji, which I kind of said was a sleeper guy I liked in the draft. And Laurie Markin, he's a solid guy. He can shoot. It's not really going to do much for you. He's kind of a filler contract in this trade. But overall, I think you could have done a lot worse. Now, I probably would have preferred a trade with the Knicks, but they weren't really willing to offer a lot of their picks. So I get why you go with the Cavs trade. The Knicks, you know, the Knicks are lucky. Because like, I can tell you exactly what happened. If that's true... If that tweet that Woj just tweeted is actual is, is a fact, here's what happened. The Gobert, 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 Gobert trade happened, right? Beginning of July. Oh, everybody's on the market. Donovan Mitchell. They said they didn't know if they wanted to trade him. They want to build around him. Remember they said that? They want an all-star in Utah, all that bullshit. I didn't believe that from the get-go. But they they offered him R.J. Barrett, which I believe they offered him R.J. Barrett quickly in two first-rounders. That seems like something that's kind of fair. But – 
I, I won't believe the Mitchell Robinson three first rounders quickly and bear. I won't believe that, but they realized that the market started slowing down because that go bear trade was completely fucked, completely one-sided. They realized that. And I think they panicked with the Cavs after RJ Barrett got that extension. I, now, I think happened. I will say Mitchell Robinson, if I'm not mistaken, was a free agent this off season. So that would have had to have been in the form of sign and trade. No, right? it would have been. Yeah. So make the contracts work. So, in a sense, you're you're trading Mitchell Robinson, which I'm not considering much of a asset in the sense because no. he was a free agent at the time. But RJ Barrett, Obi Toppin, three first round picks, that's very reasonable, right? That's very reasonable. That's uh, that. they should have took that right away. If, if, in my opinion, if I'm if like I'm the Jazz, if I'm getting three first round picks offered as as well as RJ Barrett or Tyler Hero, which was the two guys that were in rotation of and in talks, quote unquote in talks. Uh, I would have took that shit instantly because R.J. Barrett's going to be good. Let's just be honest. I He's love better and better. I love R.J. Barrett. He's defender than Donovan. He's uh, he's not a great defender, but that's because Donovan's just a bad defender. And then you get three first-round picks and quickly. I think they're fucking stupid for declining that in the first place. And I think they were thinking – all they're always thinking that that trade was going to be on the table. Remember the trade that was offered a few weeks ago? It was like Fournier, all these role players and five first-round picks or some shit. But uh, it was um, Grimes involved with it, right? Yeah, who cares about Quentin Grimes? He hasn't proven anything yet. Like the, I think I think when RJ Barrett got extended, the Jazz started panicking a little bit, and they're like, "Fuck, man, we got to get something." Like the, the the value definitely declined, but the fact that they got offered RJ Barrett three first round picks and they declined that makes make it makes um, a rare occasion of uh, Danny Ainge looking bad. He doesn't I, look bad often, but he looked bad there. I really don't think it's that bad of. Return. Also, here's the one thing, right? It's like no, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's requested a terrible a trade. Return. Like, is that thing that gets me though? Is he didn't request a trade? He didn't have to trade him. They kind of felt they had to trade him. And I, I mean, they got a lot, a lot of picks. Picks are kind of valued in my opinion, but they got a lot of. But picks. two of them are swaps. It's not even anything. Yeah, but they, they get three unprotected picks. They're also down the future now, in my opinion. If this Cavs core stays together. Because, I mean, Donovan Mitchell is a free agent three years. Who knows he actually wants to play in Cleveland? And, and but, guess what? But they have their next three first-round picks. Donovan Mitchell will be there. I, I don't think so. I, because I believe the Pacers have their first-round pick this year, if I'm not mistaken. You, do you um, think Donovan Mitchell is going to be an Oladipo scenario? Where he get he gets traded after being an all-star, he's an amazing player, and then just continues to get moved? No, I don't think so. Then, then that pick's going to be uh, – it's not going to be in the lottery. Like, I, I really do think they fucking fumbled the bag. Like completely, like it, if Donovan Mitchell went to the Knicks and you got RJ Barrett and it's Brunson and Donovan Mitchell running the the court, they're gonna lose a lot of games. I don't think they make the playoffs. Completely honest, they got worse than the Jazz, in my opinion. It, the, the one concern I have with the Cavs though is Garland and Mitchell are both very small, right? And I mean Donovan yeah. Mitchell, I mean he he was one of the three worst defenders in the NBA last year. He yeah. cannot defend nothing for shit. That's why. I, that's why I don't think but, Pat Riley was in on him. I really I, don't. I don't know, but but I mean, with Mitchell and Garland, two six one guys. Now they have Jared Allen, they have a movie behind them, right, to protect the paint. So it's definitely and going Cole to help. A great defender. Yeah, Cole's a great perimeter defender. So they're going to have some help defensively. Yeah, but I mean, Donovan Mitchell was not a bad defender in college, right? Like, but that is college. It's That's college, like five six dude. years ago. Yeah, but and none of those guys had, in the league. But he is athletic enough that he should be able to defend. He shouldn't be considered one of the worst defenders in 
the NBA. He shouldn't just based off that athletic profile. Well, let me just say so, that Tyler Hero is a better defender than him, and that's saying a lot because he's not a good defender. <laughs> he's not uh, a good defender. Right, he's but one better it's, year, but. it's the fact that maybe the Jazz told him, hey, you can take possessions off because you're scoring 25, 30 points tonight for us. That could be a situation. But if they can get him to buy in defensively because, like I said, there's no reason he shouldn't be a decent defender just based off his athletic profile. If he could be a decent perimeter defender with a crew helping defend with Allen and Bill down low, like the Cats are going to be scary for years. They've got four current or future all-stars, either 25 year, years or younger, which we'll get into 25 years younger in a little bit, but that is scary. Like the question, do the Cavaliers have the best young, uh, young core in the NBA right now? Young core, yeah, oh, probably. Like core. It, it's overall. it's there. It's there. Uh, there was some teams where when I was making this list today that we're about to talk about, uh, there was a lot of teams where they have like a lot of guys that have potential to become that young core. Uh, the teams were the Pistons with Jaden Ivy, Bay Stewart, Cunningham. Uh, they're not quite there yet, but they're still all young. Bagley as well, who's still twenty three, which is fucking insane. And then uh, the Magic, who have Anthony Fultz, Suggs, Hampton. Uh, Wagner, Isaac, Carter, Bamba, like they're, they're just, they have the a lot of young between guys. between those teams and the Cavs is the Cavs have proven. No, you know, for sure. Like, I'm because just like the, the Pistons, right? Kate, I mean, he was only a rookie, but he looks really good, really promising. The other guys haven't really proven anything yet. Sadiq Bay is pretty solid. Sadiq Bay is good, but he's not going to, he's not, he's not going to be as good in my opinion as any of the four guys in the Cavs. Oh, no, no, right? no, no. Um, and you look at the magic, none of those guys are really proven. Like, they're solid. Like, Franz, Franz Wagner is very underrated, right? Yeah, he's And very they have good. some solid guys. Paolo looks is going to be good. But none of them have proven themselves. And also, I mean, like like I said, the age. Like, Donovan Mitchell turns 26 in, like, a week. Evan Mobley was just a rookie last year. Garland like, and Jared Allen are, like, 23, 24. Like, it's just yeah. absolutely insane. They can all play together. They seem like they can mesh well together. Like, it's it's going to be scary. Like no, the cast, I agree. Well, if they, if they keep, my bad. Go ahead. I'm, I'm saying the cast are definitely going to be contending for championships if they stay together in uh, in a few years. Like they're going to be yeah, really damn good. If Mobley turns out how we think Mobley's going to turn out, yes, yes. Like it's going to be dangerous. But here's the thing. I have a question for you. Do you think they're going to start Levert at the three or Okoro and then Levert off the bench? I think Okoro. I think they should because they need defense. So Levert's going to be more scoring off the bench with uh, Rubio and who else they got there? Kevin Love. Kevin Love. Fuck, dude. They're like that, that, that's a very good eight-man eight rotation. With Rubio I said, do you remember last year? year I said the Cavs are very underrated. I mean, yeah. they looked, looked I, I love. They looked great. But, like, before the season started, I was like, yo, Cavs look nice on paper, bro. Like, but they just got better. And I applaud the Cavs. They fucking robbed the Jazz. I don't care. They, they made the playoffs last year if they don't get all those injuries. And that's the kind of the crazy thing. They probably like don't even like they were not even in playing territory before the injuries. Like that's how good they were playing last year. Then you add yeah. a Donovan. They were like Mitchell. they were like they were like three or four, yeah. Like like the like they have a lot of potential. And I mean the the crazy thing is we were watching the Miami Pro League stuff, right? And you see Bam Donovan people are chanting Miami, the Miami Pro League. People forget Darius Garland was the point guard one of those games. That has he was the one, with he was the one recruiting people. Died. No recruiting. Donovan has no say in this. It's different from Durant. Durant hey, I mean, he ended up the best player in the NBA. It's not a Donovan thing. And and trust me, fucking if there's one player that does not give a fuck 
if you like your home, it's Danny Ainge. He doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't have to ask you for permission. He'll send you wherever he wants, wherever he gets the value. He didn't care. He did with IT, which, don't get me wrong, was a great trade because Danny Ainge is a fucking good GM. Make no mistake about it. He just doesn't have connections. Like, he doesn't make connections with players. I don't care what you say about it. He does not care if, if you offer him a good deal, he'll trade you. You know, do you remember uh, when everybody was like, the Celtics are the, like the king of uh, almost trying for someone? Almost got Anthony Davis. Almost got Paul George. Almost because got, they're uh, in everything. Ainge doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, but, but I'm saying like um, you were saying that uh, he what, what was the exact words you said? I forget exactly what you said, but I have no idea what you're talking about. But basically, like they they get close to trades, but they don't end up making the trades a lot of time because you're saying that he doesn't care where he's sending you to, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't. But. But he did make the trade, though. But it's going to be interesting to see what the Jazz do. Now Not that he didn't, have... though. If, if he gets outbid, what, what are you going to do about that? I mean. You can't overpay. Like, Danny Ainge is – he knows what he's doing, but I don't – like, I swear to God, I've seen Danny Ainge make I'm, – I'm a, I'm a Heat fan. I fucking hate Danny Ainge. But he makes good trades. He's good at that. But today, this trade was whack. I don't care. You could have got – oh, dude, the fact that they got offered R.J. Barrett in three – with quickly as well, and, and Toppin, which who gives a fuck about Toppin? But they got they got bum fucked. What do you think the Jazz do now? They got thirteen, I believe, first round picks over the next however many years. Uh, they got a lineup right now of Mike Conley, Colin Sexton. Conley they, will be gone before the season starts. Likely be gone. Um, they, but they got those two as, as right now. Uh, who else they got? They got uh, Bogdanovich still. Uh, they obviously got Laurie Markkinen. So that might be the starting five right there with Laurie Kessler at center next to Markkinen, Bogdanovich, Sexton, and Conley. Now they're going to try to trade Conley. They're going to try to trade Bogdanovich. Vanderbilt, Beasley. They're going to try to trade uh, Jordan Clarkson as well. So they're probably going to get more picks. And it'll be interesting to see what they do from here. But that's great. They're definitely going for a rebuild, but the team that they have at this second, now I forget who they got as head coach. I know they just got a new head coach. I forget who it is. But the team as of right now, I'm not going to say it's going to compete for playoffs, but they would be competitive if they keep the team that they have as of this moment. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. They maybe go uh, like an OKC route from CP3. I say have no player of CP3 caliber, but just try to compete. It'll be interesting to kind of see if they go that route. Yeah, we'll see. Let's get into this top 10. What are we doing tonight, Zach? All right, yeah. We are going to be ranking our top 10 young NBA duos. So there is uh, the how we consider a player young. They have to be, as of today, September 1st, 2022, either the age 25 or younger. So if you turned 26 yesterday, sorry, can't make the list. Or if you're older than 26, sorry, but you can't make the list, right? 100%. So, I think we go ahead and start at the bottom. We start at ten. Can we can we start some honorable mentions? If you want to do some honorable mentions, you can. I want to do some honorable mentions. I have two uh, that were like last second, couldn't put them in. Uh, I have Hunter and John Collins from the Hawks. Yes, those two because you you had to with the Hawks you have to put their top two, which tells oh. you something. So. They have four players under the age of twenty-five. I think that like that duo is very good. Hunter's very under DeAndre Hunter is very underrated. We both know this. Collins is whatever. And then Cade Cunningham and Sadiq Bay were also my honorable mentions. 
Uh, just not good enough to make the list yet, but definitely will be in a few years. All right. Um, I mean, some Arnold mentions me. Um, I mean, I'm just throwing Luka Doncic out there by himself. I don't care who's his duo. He's just that good. I'm throwing him up there in honorable mentions. <laughs> right? I feel like you have to. Um, some other guys, I mean, LaMelo and P.J. Washington is an honorable mention. Uh, down there too. And, I mean, maybe the Thunder duo of Shea and Chet Holmgren. You haven't seen Chet play yet, so. Couldn't put it because of Chet, but yeah. If yeah. Chet was, like, completely healthy, that would probably be, like, my 10 spot, to be honest. Like, I love those guys. Yeah, just I, I didn't have any rookies in my list because I just, you know, I just haven't seen them play yet. But without further ado, let's get into it. Uh, I started with my number 10. 10. Yep. My number 10 is Luka Doncic and Jaden Hardy. Don't care. You said you left him off the list because it's uh, Jaden Hardy. I love Jaden Hardy. We already know about this. He's going to be a bench player. I know. But they have nobody else under 25. Christian Wood is 26. I thought for a second I was about to get blessed there. But Luka Doncic by himself, I don't give a fuck. He's a top three player in the NBA. Um, and I like Jaden Hardy enough to put him on the list. So that's why I have them at number 10. It is a little bit of uh, – it's not technically a duo, but it is. I mean, it, players. it is. So I put them at my 10 because it is Luka fucking Doncic. Uh, my number 10 was Kate Cunningham, Sadiq Bay. Uh, Kate Cunningham, I absolutely love. I think he's going to be a perennial all-star in the future. I'm just – I'm very excited to see how he is with the business. And Sadiq Bay, he's a great role player. I, I think he'd be a little bit better than a role player. Uh, but overall, I think they fit together very well. I didn't take too much into account how they mesh together uh, when I'm talking about duos, but these two, I think, do play off each other very well. And I, I'm just really excited to see how the business look for the next couple years to come. I am too, man. They're going to be dirty. They're going to be dirty. Like they And they, they had – like I said, they had Stewart. They had – uh, Bay, they have Ivy, they have Cunningham. Like they're a very good team, and and if you if you look at what their projections of their careers are going to be, that team's going to be stupid. They're going to be in the postseason very soon. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Cade, I just be starting. He's going to be a top fifteen player in the NBA before you know it. He will be. I agree with you on that. Get right into your number nine. Fuck it, since we're already we're uh, my number nine. I have uh, last year's Rookie of the Year, Scotty Barnes and Ojean Adobe. Uh, now, I was between OG and Gary Trent, but I think OG's a better player to for the duo. But Scotty Barnes is going to be, uh, like Kate, a perennial all-star. I really like his game all around. And OG is uh, one of the best 3-and-D guys in the NBA. He might be a little bit more than a 3 guy with 3-and-D because he can create a shot a little bit. But he's got a lot of potential. Just needs to stay healthy. And the Raptors, they got a lot of length on that team. They're the top two guys, in my opinion, for the future. Obviously, you got Pascal and Fred Van Vliet there right now, but I think these two guys are going to overtake them over the next couple of years. So I got them at number nine. My number nine is Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Uh, they probably would have been higher if they weren't coming off ACL tears, both of them. I don't know. Actually, Michael Porter Jr. was a back problem, correct? Uh, he, had a, he had a back problem coming out. I think he still had a back problem. I think I it was know if that was an injury. Well, basically, they're number nine because of injuries. But besides that, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., if they're healthy, you know what they are. They're amazing players, uh, an amazing duo that's still under 25. Uh, I, I can't believe Jamal Murray's still under 25. I feel like he's been in the league for a minute. Same thing with Gary Trent. Like, he's 23. I'm like, what the fuck? I saw that today. I'm like, Jesus. Gary Trent's 23 and Kyle Kuzma's 27. That yeah. shit blew my mind, dude. 
So, yeah, at, at number nine, Jamal Murray uh, and Michael Porter Jr., I hope they're healthy because that team could be deadly. They have the MVP along with them. Uh, they draft very well in Christian Brown this year. Uh, they could be a very good team. And they have uh, they have KCP this year, don't they? Yep, they got KCP. Yep. They, they could be a scary team if they're healthy, man. And let me jump right to my number eight because I have Jamal Murray and Mike Porter Jr., my number eight. And injuries, obviously, were a big thing. Uh, Jamal Murray, great shot creator. He he, and he's had some pretty big playoff moments himself as well. If you remember, just uh, two, was it the bubble or two years ago? I mean, Jamal Murray, no, the bubble, both of them going crazy, fifty points a night, something like that. They're going absurd. Yep. They're both great fits to um, Nicole Jokic. Now, uh, Jamal Murray isn't a bad defender. Michael Porter Jr. definitely has some things he lacks on the defensive end, but. If he just sees one shot go in, he's just automatic. He can just start firing from everywhere. That guy is an absolute bucket, and he's just got a lot of potential. But I just don't know if I can trust him to be healthy. I just don't really have that uh, trust trust in him. But, I mean, these two next to Jokic is very scary. They should be able to compete, not just in the West, but for a championship. They're spaced on the town in that team. Uh, so, number eight. Uh, for me, at the big yeah, number nine, I mean, they're very good, just health injury. Yeah, let me say this right now. I have a feeling our lists are going to be very, very similar. Uh, my number eight is OG Adenubi and Scotty Barnes. You're number nine. Um, same thing you said, both both great uh, offensive and defensive players, both super young. I mean, OG is a little like he's 25 or 24, right? Uh, OG, yeah. Yeah, and then you have Scotty Barnes, who's 19 and just one rookie of the year. They're going to be a problem for, for the time to come, and they still have those veterans that are there, that Siakam and Van Vliet. When it seems like Siakam's never going anywhere, he got better. He improved from last season, this season. He, Raptors are going to be scary. If Scotty Barnes gets any type any type better, it's going to be a fucking problem. And that's that's there's no doubt about it, which just sucks because – it's, it just feels like the East is getting so good. Yeah, and I mean, Scotty Barnes is going to get better. It's not like it, if he does, he is going to get better. That guy's an absolute stud. Hey, man. And I mean, if you do look at the East, like just because you brought it up, I'll, I'll, I'll just look real quick, right? Um, like these are – hold on one second. I just want to pull this up real quick. So remember, only eight, te- eight teams make the playoffs, 10 teams make the play-in. But between the – Heat, Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, Raptors, Bulls, Nets, Hawks, Cavs. Like, that's nine teams right there. One of those teams. So, basically, whatever team gets injured. Yeah, it could, could be. What it is. One of those teams is not going to make the playoffs. That's crazy. Like, that's absolutely absurd. I, I have a weird feeling this list is just going to be a bunch of the same shit. And if, if it's not the same shit, it's going to be, like, like one off. Go ahead. Go to your number seven. I'm number seven. I feel like you're not number seven. I feel like you're gonna have them higher. But I have uh, Bam Adebayo telling here at number seven. Uh, Bam Adebayo is one of the best defenders in the NBA. Uh, one of the best centers in the NBA. And I'm just hoping that he can make a big jump next year in his confidence on the offensive side. We know he has skill and the talent, but we just have to see him go out there and produce. Seems like he has like a mental block sometimes out there in games and doesn't want to shoot the ball. Just let it fly. And then Tyler Hero, he obviously did not the best playoffs, but I expect him to be good next year. Average, uh, he averaged 28.7 points a game last year. I expect him to do about the same next year. Hopefully, he uh, produces the playoffs. But those two, uh, 
and over the next 10 years could be a really good duo. You must think I am a biased man because I put the Dolphins in the playoffs. Number seven, Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo. <laughs> Uh, same, same, it's going to be the same list, man. This it, it, Tyler Hero, he's going to be a great player for years to come. He, he's going to get extended. Um, one second, I, I'm going to have to take a break for a second, but we'll walk with me. Yeah, so I'm just going to go ahead and uh, talk about my number six, and then he'll go back to his number seven. But my number six is John Moran, and I don't know who I'm going to put for my number two, but I think I'm going to go with Jaron Jackson because he is younger. Surprisingly, he's younger than Desmond Bain. Uh, but I'm going with Jaw and Jaron. Jaron uh, was in the deep-point conversation last year. I think he made an all-defensive team. But he is a great rim protector down below. John Morant, obviously, one hell of a season. I want to say he made first-team All-NBA. So, obviously, you made first-team All-NBA and you're that young. You're, you're going to probably have a spot on this list, even though – Luca didn't make it, but Jaron Jackson is a very promising young player. He can shoot. He can protect the rim, like I said before. And just the duo between those two is going to be just very good. And the Grizzlies were number two seed last year. And with the Desmond Bain as a trio, I mean, they're going to be competing every single year in the West. All right, man. We have some controversy here, man. So it looks like I have them way higher. Mm -hmm. My number six was... It was Evan Mobley and Darius Garland. It's no longer that, so we got to move them up a little bit. My number six is Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. And that's basically just because Trey Young is a sol- uh, solidified stud. He's cold as shit. I, I, as much as I hate playing against him because he flops everywhere, he's cold as shit. Point blank, period. And uh, the reason why I have him a little, a little teetering four to five range, put him at six because that trade today, and uh, because of the teams I'll mention a little bit, I just liked him a little bit more, and we haven't seen DeJounte with him. Trey Young, of course. We already talked about how that might not work. So I have them at six basically because of just Trey Young. But it, it does help that he has another all-star at the two at the two guard. I have uh, number five, Trey Young, DeJounte Murray. Now, I think Trey Young is a little bit better than John Moran, and I think DeJounte Murray is a little better than Jaron Jackson or Justin Bain, whichever one you want to put there. I think you can put both of them there and – just as well. Uh, but you do have to see them play. So that is one thing if you want to take that route. You have to see how they do mesh with each other. But Trey Young, I mean, that man's an offense himself. He's going to put up 25 and 10 consistently. He's just an absolute stud in the offensive end. Now, defensively, we got some other questions, right? Uh, having a back uh, backcourt partner like DeJounte Murray should help defensively. Now, I don't love the fit next to each other. I'm just personally not a big fan of the fit. Because Jonathan Murray does like having the ball in his hands a lot. He's not really a off-ball shooter, creator. Uh, and Trey Young really isn't either. He kind of stands around. But if they can get him moving on the offensive end, off the ball, then they could have some potential work next to each other. Anyway, and we've talked about this before when the trade first happened. If you guys want to go ahead and check back that podcast. But they do have a lot of potential together to former All-Stars. And I think that's actually the first, uh, the first duel we have that both players were former All-Stars. So... That's why I got number five. All right. So I'm just going to get into my number five. Uh, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Uh, I was making this list when I was making it. I was, like, not expecting Devin Booker to be 25. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck, that's a big one. But, uh, again, um, 
I put Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, mainly because of Devin Booker. DeAndre Ayton's DeAndre Ayton. He's a fine center, but he is nothing elite to me. But uh, let's just be honest. Devin Booker is a top three shooting guard in the NBA. And uh, this is a little debate I wanted to talk about. Uh, I've heard people say Donovan Mitchell is better than Devin Booker. Don't say that, please. Please don't say that. Devin Booker is the best shooting guard in the NBA. Yeah, exactly. Paul George, when he's healthy, is considered. Is he a shooting guard, though? That's where he's playing because Kawhi's playing small forward. But it, uh, Devin Booker, yeah, I agree with you. He, he's the best shooting guard in the NBA. It's not close. I don't care. It's not even close to Don Mitchell. But uh, that's that's for another debate. Um, but, yeah, DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, going with Chris Paul. I love that young duo, and it's going to be there for many years to come. And I, Mikal Bridges is somehow 26. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting to have the duo. Uh, yeah, I was not expecting, he's kind of old, bro. Was he like a was he like a sophomore or a junior when he drafted? Because he, uh, he didn't he, draft that long ago. He definitely played a couple years at Villanova. So there you go. Um, but yeah, I definitely was like, all right, I'll buy Michael Burgess in someone. So that's why I'm lower. And they're like, oh wait, no, Michael Burgess older. Oh nope. I, I probably would have put Mikael Bridges in uh, in front of DeAndre to be honest. That's why I was looking. I was like, yo, he's 26. It would have definitely been the bait I would have had, but I probably would have put him above. Just because it's more, it feels more like a duo, the big wing duo. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Who's your number five? Uh, number five. Oh, did I just say number four? Yeah, you said you're. Yeah, my bad. I, it... Wait, so my, my number four. I said that. I said my number five. You said number yeah number five was Trey Young, Murray, but my number four was Devin Booker and DeAndre. Okay. So I mean, Devin Booker, like I just said, best shooting guard in the NBA. Don't have too much to talk about DeAndre Ayton's top ten center in the NBA. Not top five, but borderline top five ish, I'd say. Yeah. But he just got paid some big time money. And I mean, he's just gotta work a little bit more defensive end. He's gotta be a bit more consistent in the offensive end. But you know, when he is down low, he's pretty efficient down there. And I mean, the Suns were number one seed last year for a reason. And Aiden was a pretty big reason for that. He was also a big reason why they made the finals from two years ago. Like he was shooting like an absurd like 80, 85% from the field going to like one series. Like he, he, he's a stud. He's got all the talent in the world. Just want to see him be more consistent with it. And then we know Devin Booker, he's just a stud. Yep. I mean, that's why that's why we have him so ranked, highly ranked. I can't talk tonight. I'm sorry about that. Uh, I'm just going to go to my number four because it's somebody already talked – or maybe you didn't talk about it, Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. Uh, I had them originally at six. I you have jaw six. high. I do have jaw high. You have high. the Grizzlies. Grizzlies went high. I mean, jaw is kind of different, bro. Yes, but go, go ahead and talk about Garland and Mitchell. Garland and Mitchell. Um, I, I was debating with the Suns for this one because I do believe Booker's head over heels better than Donovan Mitchell. But if you're asking me, I'm taking Garland over Aiden all day. So that's kind of where it, it just evened out. And I just, I basically flipped a coin for the, the four and five spot. But uh, yeah, no, I put, and of course, we have to see them. They're both very short. Um, but let's just be honest, they're both studs. So I can't wait to see that as, as much as I hate it in the Eastern Conference. I can't wait to see that. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Um, my number three, so because you keep saying one, I have one higher. Uh, but my number three was Garland and Mitchell. Uh, I mean, Garland put himself to be uh, a future star point guard in the NBA. He made his first career All-Star game. Donovan Mitchell, we know he can do. He's been one of the more consistent, best playoff performers in the NBA. Last year, maybe not the best, 
but just overall throughout his career, has been a very good playoff performer and just a very good player in general. You can get a bucket if you need it. Uh, defensively, we got to see. Uh, but one question I have for you is, I mean, if we just didn't have these two, right, and just had Mobley and Jared Allen as a duo, they, they'd probably make your top 10 still, right? Like, that's just absolutely No, they absurd. weren't in my top 10. I had them as a thing, though. Cause no, it was- I'm, I'm saying, like, because I know beforehand we said not to uh, have two two players. Yeah, but I, you said not to have, like, a player and another player. Yeah. Like, of course, that's not fair. But mm-hmm. if there was, like, four players on a team, I would consider it. Like, that's why I put Cunningham in. Or that's why I put Hunter and Collins in the in the honorable mentions. Um, but uh, sure, sure. but I would have had them in my top ten if I would have done that. No, I wouldn't have. I I take Luca and Jaden Hardy over uh, Allen and Mobley. That's just me. Luca's different. He is different. But um, but yeah, I mean, just kind of see how they do defensively. But the score potential between those two is insane. And we've already talked about the Cavs a lot. This this uh. Pod, but I, I I just want basketball to get back as soon as possible. I know football is around the corner. Man, be grateful for that. Season. Shut but, up, Zach. It is football but, season. But but I I just want to see this duo. It, the trade just happened like what five hours ago. Whatever. Like I just need to see this duo, bro. Like this team's going to be so much fun to watch. Like if you're on league pass, this team's going to be much so ungrateful. So ungrateful. We have football a week a week from today, week one. And I got this uh, Pittsburgh-West Virginia game on my TV right here. Uh, JT Daniels diamond up. I don't know what's happening right now. I think yeah, so. Let me just say this right now. Right just now. by watching that game for like five minutes, I'll tell you this. Pittsburgh will not be ranked. <laughs> Pittsburgh will not be ranked. Uh, my number three is John Morant and Triple J. Yeah, uh, I was say, if you had the many high, that might be a problem. No, no, no. I'm not retarded. Uh, let's just be honest. Jaw's a bona fide fucking stud, and Triple J is a, a, a both side of, both side of the ball player. Amazing defender and an amazing offensive player. He's just and I kind of like the four and the one look. Uh, so I love Memphis. They're so fun to watch, and, and then they have a compliment of Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks. They're a fun team to watch, man. I don't think they're gonna do as good as they did last year this season, but it's just John Morant's different. Let's just be honest. I thought I was just Morant injury, but he's he's different, man. His dad gives him something on the sideline. I'm telling you right now, he's different. You must be a lot higher on Jaren than I am. Uh, I'm not crazy high on Jaren, to be completely honest. It, it was more just Jaw being insane and Jaren being a, a two-way stud. Just just uh, my opinion, right? Because Jaw, I mean, I personally think Booker and Trey Young are better than him at this current moment. And I think that, for example, DeJounte, and I think Aiden also was probably better than Jaren. So that's why I'm not nah, surprised. I think, I think like, Jaren over De- DeAndre. I don't care. You think more DeJounte also, or is it more the fact he hasn't played Jaren over DeJounte? Interesting, interesting. If, if I'm building a team, I'm taking Jaron over DeJounte or DeJounte. Interesting. All right. I feel like our top two has got to be the same order. It's got to be the same. So let's just talk about it at the same time. All right, number two, uh, the Pelicans duo. Of... What? No, I'm just fucking with you. Go ahead. All right, I was about to say, but Brandon Ingram <laughs> and Zion. Um, yep. I mean, who knows? Maybe if Zion could actually stay healthy, they could potentially fight for number one. But, I mean, you have to have number two. Brandon Ingram is certified bucket getter. And Zion, I mean, he's just special. He's on the court, right? I mean, he obviously could improve defensively a bit. He could work on his shot a bit. But, I mean, even with the with that, right, I mean, he's averaging like 25 points per game the one season he actually played. He's a very good playmaker. Like, he was running point guard for them uh, the year he played. And I kind of expect him to play a bit point guard as well when he comes back. He's teaching McCollum's more of a two, 
Brandon Graham at the three. You got Herb bouncing. Is like the Pelicans could definitely surprise some people this year if Zion is healthy. And I, I like I said, I just want basketball season so we can see these guys play. I'm great for football, but I mean, these two, Zion was so much fun to watch when he played that I just want him to stay healthy and just got paid, right? And I think some of his he had some incentives to play to earn his money, so it'd be fun to see him back on the court. No, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited to play. Like, I never thought I'd ever say this. I'm excited for Pelicans basketball. <laughs> like, I am. Zion, B.I., Herb Jones, Alvarado, McCullum. Uh, dude, Valanchunas, who's severely underrated. They're going to be good. Uh-huh. They're going to be fucking good. They're going to be good. And I'm not even – I don't even have to get into it. Kai just getting a number one? Because – Yeah, I mean – Jalen uh, Brown and Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics. Fuck Boston. But those guys are bona fide studs. It, there, there's nothing else to say. We know what they are. They just got to their first finals. Jalen Brown thought he would have five rings by now, but he doesn't. And uh, there's games where Jalen Brown can go for 40 and Jason Tatum can go for 25 and it vice versa. They're just they're they're going to be the leaders of that team for the next ten years to come, unless the Boston Boston does some Boston things and trades one of them, which has already been talked about. I mean, Jason Tatum is top ten player in basketball. He is. I don't think there's any debate about that at this point. They just made to the finals. They made to the East Coast finals like three of the past four years, something crazy like that. Yeah, I mean, and Jason Tatum and Jalen Browns are two stars of that team. I mean, they're both bucket getters. I mean, the one thing. That I mean, we've had some dual bucket getters on this list, but nothing to the extent of these two guys. And these guys also have the two-way ability. They can both uh, defend your two best players on any given night, as long as they're perimeter guys, I should say. But, I mean, there's not much more you can ask for than players of those caliber as your two future, uh, future pieces of your team, right? I mean, the thing is, these might... I mean, I'm not going to say Jalen Brown is better than some of the other guys we've mentioned, but, I mean, he's the top 25 player in basketball, right? I think that might be fair if, to say. If he, could, if he could tighten his dribble, he could be whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the Celtics are are going to be very good for the future. I mean, I was I honestly thought Jason Tatum, for some reason, or Jalen Brown was already 25. I was like, all right, am I going to have one of those guys and Robert yeah. Williams in my list? But, no, they're both still that young, which is absolutely crazy. Scary. I mean, to be fair, I should have known. Chase Tam's still 19. But, I mean, the Celtics are going to be very good, uh, obviously, uh, because they just made the finals. But I, you have to have them to top two. You have to. But yeah, don't be surprised if Zion takes a big step forward and Ingram takes a step in there in conversation for that top two. I think Ingram's hit his peak. I think he's got another level he can reach. He can, I, be, I, on the same, he can be on the same level or better than Jalen Brown, if not already. Yeah. No, he can't. No, he can't. Uh, I, I'm sorry, he can't. Zion, the sky's the limit for Zion. We know that, but I don't think uh, Bi could reach Jalen Brown level. Bi is very good. I'm not shitting on Bi. He's obviously been number two on this list, but Jalen Brown, I'm stupidly high on Jalen Brown. There's two players I'm stupidly high on: Jalen Brown and Anthony Edwards. Yeah, I was hoping I could have Edwards on this list, but couldn't. Dude, Towns, Towns, and Russell are 26. It was him and Jared. It was him, it was him and uh, I think it was him and McDaniel's. Mc, no, it was there was another guy. Uh, see if I wrote it down. 
but yeah, that is our top 10 list. I'm just going to reiterate my list real quick, the top 10. So my top 10 young duos in the NBA is number 10, Kate Cunningham, Sadiq Bay. Nine, Scotty Barnes, Noche Mandobi. Eight, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Seven, Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero. Six, John Moran and Jaron Jackson. Five, Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. Four, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Three, Garland and Donovan Mitchell. Two, Brandon Ingram and Williamson. And number one, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. All right. And my top 10, uh, top 10 young NBA duels, 25 and under. Number 10, Luka Doncic and Jaden Hardy. Number nine, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Number eight, OG Ananubi and Scotty Barnes. Number seven, Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero. Number six, Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. Number five, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Number four, Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. Number three, John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. Number two, Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. And number one, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. All right, so that's going to be a top 10 list. And we're going to do one more thing. So I haven't really told him what we're doing yet. But if you guys know who King the Fourth Quarter is on YouTube, he recently did a NBA Logic puzzle quiz on Sporkle. And I thought, you know what? I saw there was an NFL version of it. So I'm like, what about we go ahead and try to do it ourselves? So I'm going to go ahead. And if you guys are listening to it on podcast, you guys aren't going to be able to see this. But if you're on YouTube, you should be able to see my screen, Vin, do you see my screen right now? I do see your screen, but I've never watched that King of the so Court basically, basically, what's going to happen is we're going to have to fill out all these pieces on this puzzle, and we're going to have clues, right? So once we guess the team, it's going to give us a clue. we got to try to get all 32 of these teams, all right? Okay. All right, so let's go and play quiz. So A wants the Eagles, my in-state rivals, B4. So it's got to be the Steelers, right? Yes. For, for, yeah. Pennsylvania. Steelers are in a border to let the B4 is one of my conference opponents. All right. If so, you, can you so, read it out for me? Because I cannot see. It's too small. Yep. Um, yeah, I'll just zoom in a little bit because you will need to be able to see these. So the pirate based logos are in this row, just not. Buccaneers. No. The pirate base is in this, but just not B1. So there's there's two pirate base logos, I'm guessing. Yeah, Raiders and Buccaneers. All right, so if that's not B1, that means the Buccaneers have to be B3, right? Because it said the NFC team's in next to the Steelers. Yes, so that has so to be Buccaneers. Buccaneers, I spelled that wrong. Forgot to see, my boy. Oh, all right, yeah, that makes sense. There we go. No AFC West teams in column one. So that's not the Raiders in column one. So Raiders have to be right here. You, you kind of getting how to do this? Yes, I, I've, I've seen, I've done one of these before. All right. So G2, the greatest show on turf. Rams. Uh, Rams? Yep. So that's G2. All right, then what's this? All A1 division opponents are in the corners. So Say that again? All A1, so all Eagles division opponents are in the corners. Okay. I right, so just remember that. No Texas teams are in column four. The team I share a city with is below me. So it's Chargers. Chargers. Oh. All right. 
So let's go back to this. No Texas teams are in column four. So no Cowboys are in column four. Okay. So that means Cowboys would be each one, right? Yes. Bottom left. All right. Let's go back to this one right here. E1 is the only team looking to see the New York. So that's the Bills. Yes, Buffalo. I feel like a lot of people don't know that the Jets and Giants aren't in New York. They are not. So the Cowboys went the bus, played this last game at B1 Stadium, or it's tradition too. So it has to be the Lions or Cowboys, but we know it can't be the Cowboys. So it's the Lions. All right, let's close one. The rest of this division is in this row. So this is all AFC East right here. C2 is an okay. AFC team. I don't think that gives us anything. I mean, that we can guess right now. Let's start turning this final touchdown happen with the team in F2 with the Falcons, right? You didn't play with the team on the Falcon City. Say that again. I'm sorry. Someone walked in. Uh, the, so it said Tony Gonzalez's final touchdown happened with the team in F2. He didn't play for anybody after the Falcons, right? It was the Falcons, yes. All right, Falcons G4 is the only public owned NRS Packers. Yes. If you guys did not know, you guys can own the Packers right now if you want to. All California teams are in the same column in order of north to south. All right, so nothing to AFC East. Um, all right, I just wanted to make sure. Do we have any California teams yet? Yeah, we named the Chargers and the Rams. Okay, so it says, so where's that hint again? Um, this one right here, G4 is the, so all California teams are in the same column. So we have Chargers Niners. and Rams. Is the Niners the only other team in California? Las Vegas is not California, so I believe so. All right, so just keep in mind that the Rams have to be one of these three right here. You already got the Rams. I got the Rams. I meant the Niners. Yes. Okay. Um, no Texas teams. And come on. Which one did we just do? We just said the Packers. Bill Belichick's head coaching teams are touching vertically. Giants not in row A. So that's not Giants. That means this has to be the f – I don't know what was considered. What Does the Browns be? count? The Browns will count, but this right here has to be either the Commanders or I don't know what they're going to be considered. Okay. Well, what's this? What's this team supposed to be? I have no idea. I, I don't. I, I can't really read any of it. It kind of sucks. It said the Giants are not in row A, okay. right? And they said all of the Eagles division opponents were. All right, this is. I don't know what this is doing, but it said all the uh, division opponents. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but all the division <laughs> opponents, right? Um. He said all division opponents were in the corners. Yeah. Of the Eagles. So I don't know why that gives no. Uh, maybe we'll try it again some other time. He got scammed. Yeah, it looked like it. Um, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was supposed to be the commanders. Maybe you guys know which team that was supposed to be. Uh, but that'll do it for this uh, podcast. I don't think we have anything else. Nope. So do you have any final words? I have nothing. Uh Fuck Danny Ainge. Yes, sir. And if you guys are here on YouTube, make sure you guys go ahead and leave a like and subscribe. If you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, 
make sure you guys go ahead and follow leave a five-star rating in that case we'll catch you guys later see ya